Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Becoming a PA, Physician Assistant, the podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Ariel. And on today's episode, we have a very special episode for you guys. It is actually our first interview on the podcast with practicing physician assistant, Jordan Fisher. Now, Jordan is coming on to share some words of wisdom with you all. He is a practicing urgent care PA in Colorado. He previously worked in the emergency room as well as in ENT, and he has just a fount of knowledge in regards to what it's like in PA school, specifically some very valuable tools and tips for you guys from his experiences in clinical year, and now he's even a preceptor and helping to teach at a PA program in Colorado as well. So he he just is very, very helpful. I think you guys are going to love this episode and get a lot out of it, and he even created PA Next Steps. That's an ebook, basically a guide for what to do after PA school. So he is the author of that. You can find that at www.panextsteps.com. I'll have a link to the website in the show notes, as well as a discount code for our listeners only to get 20% off of your order of PA Next Steps, just kind of helping you figure out what to do after graduation. I know personally, it's something that is very beneficial to figure out because no one really teaches you these things about, oh, how do you sign a contract? What do you talk about in regards to negotiations and getting your first job as a PA and tips and tricks that he's learned that he is so graciously sharing with others and giving back to the PA community. It was a pleasure speaking with him and I know you guys will enjoy this episode too. So tune in now for our interview with Jordan Fisher. Okay, so we are back. We are here with Jordan Fisher. He is a practicing PA, uh, as we mentioned before in the intro, and he's going to share a wealth of knowledge with us in regards to clinical rotations and the next steps after graduating from PA school. So I'm looking forward to hearing from you today, Jordan. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm hopefully going to give you plenty of advice on what's to come. I'm I'm quite familiar with that position you're in now or many of your listeners of the anxiety and um, upcoming uncertainty of your second year of PA school. So hopefully I can quell some of that uh, fear, for lack of a better term. Oh, yes, that would be great. I know personally I have a lot of of questions when it comes to clinical years. So hearing from someone who's been through it, been through the trenches would be great. And I know the listeners will appreciate that as well. So thank you. And before we get started, yeah, uh, before we get started, just if you wouldn't mind giving us a little bit of um, intro, just kind of background about you, like your exact PA school experience and all of that. 
Yeah, of course. So uh, I've been a practicing PA for coming up on four years now, which is still pretty elementary. But nonetheless, um, it feels a little bit better than day one. Um, I uh, got into medicine via my own personal injuries of recurrent sports injuries. And so I naturally figured, well, I um, live in a physical therapy office, so um, I'm (laughs) going to... uh, have a career in medicine and when it wasn't physical therapy it was this or that and I actually formed a great relationship with my orthopedic PA um, in my numerous sports injuries and that's where I found out about the profession Um, I uh, through college switched my major I think a total of five times before I really found out this is where I wanted to be Nice. So that's everything from engineering to business to biology to in, ended up with integrative physiology. So uh, from that, I did two years as a medical assistant in an ear, nose, and throat office uh, okay. for my patient experience. Um, I was lucky enough to apply and get into the university in New England, which is in Portland, Maine, which frankly, I barely even heard of Maine before um, <laughs> yeah, I got an interview. Been. Yeah, so it's kind of, it's up there. So um, from there, I attended the University of New England and had a great experience. And uh, I, yeah, now I'm a PA for over three years. Oh, wow. So are you uh, practicing in Maine? No. So I, uh, I'm from Colorado. And after I finished my schooling, I decided to come back here. Uh, I'm currently practicing urgent care in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, which is a small mountain town. Oh, wow. Okay. So tell us about that. How do you like urgent care and how do you like, you know, the rural aspect, I guess? Yeah. So rural is definitely interesting. I I guess I I live in Steamboat. I technically practice in Craig, Colorado, which is definitely rural. It's a small mining town about 40 miles outside of Steamboat, uh, which is an interesting drive during the winter. Oh, Uh, previously. Yeah, I know. Right. Uh, Previously, I'd been in, I started off in ENT. Um, went back to my roots as I had multiple job opportunities there, realized that I didn't want to get stuck in a specialty that early in my career. So I switched to emergency medicine where I practiced for two years in Colorado Springs, got all the exposure I needed because the ER is just a crazy environment, great for learning, but it's quite high stress, especially during the COVID pandemic. Oh, wow. Um, Mm-hmm. So I did two years and then I, uh, my significant other got into nursing school and steamboat. And I said, sure, I've always wanted to live a, a mountain life and was able to find a job in urgent care. Oh, wow. That's exciting. So mm-hmm. it seems like you've really enjoyed the whole lateral mobility aspect so far of PA school. Yeah. PA yeah. And I definitely profession. recommend anyone take advantage of it. I mean, shoot, that's why a lot of us do this is for that mobility. So I'm definitely uh, advised taking advantage of that as much as you can. Yeah, that's very exciting to hear that you were able to switch it up and find jobs in different, not even just different locations, but different specialties and states and everything, the whole in between. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it's been, it's been great. And I can certainly touch on that more at some point because there is a, there's an art to that. Oh yes, um, yes. I think mm-hmm. you you mentioned part of that in your ebook. It's um, PA next steps. Is that correct? 
Yeah, so part of my new side project has been, well, one, I have trying to, I've been getting into teaching and precepting and whatnot to try to give back. And I have a fresh mindset of, hey, I was just in school. Here's what I actually can give to patients and here's what's important for them to know. But from that gave rise to the fact that I really didn't feel like I didn't, I had much preparation outside of school. Like I didn't know much about the career and how to negotiate a contract, what even was a contract, how to get credentialed, how to, yeah, all the things that is the PA career. And I, I think many programs don't touch on that. It's certainly becoming better, but there's not a lot of resources. So I aim to create that resource in what has become this PA Next Steps ebook. That sounds very, very um, helpful, actually. I I know in my position, like you mentioned, it's not something that's, you know, you don't get a course on this in PA school. So (laughs) I could only imagine when after graduation, you're like, okay, now what do I do? (laughs) Exactly. You mean I don't have a job lined up right away and a paycheck coming? (laughs) Exactly. It's it's not that simple, unfortunately. Yes. Oh, wow. So that, okay. So we'll get into more on that. And I know you said you, that you are precepting and teaching. Is that with a, um, a local university in Steamboat or tell us about that? Yeah, so that's mostly with Rocky Vista University, um, which is in Parker, Colorado. It's a newer program. Oh, wow. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. okay. How long have you been doing that again? Uh, It's about two years now. Uh, Mostly been lecturing for the past year, but previous to that, I was taking students, uh, both from like CU, excuse me, University of Colorado, RVU. I had nurse practitioner students. But now I've kind of more developed a relationship with Rocky Piston. Oh, okay, perfect. So that's, that's wow, you full spectrum and well-rounded there on your part, I'd say. <laughs> well, I mean, the PA profession offers you a lot and you can, you can work your job and go home and that's that, or you can leverage it to get other opportunities and which makes you a better practitioner, right? If you are understand how to teach students, that is a great correlation to how to teach patients. And so it, it all kind of melts together and keeps you sharp and learning. So it's, it's really great. And I recommend it for anybody that has interest in it. Oh, I bet. That sounds definitely like something worth pursuing um, if that's what you're into. I know I personally... Would, would like to dabble in that eventually but one thing at a time for me of course <laughs> gotta exactly, finish the exactly. program and go, go from there <laughs> but wow that's really exciting so you've got a lot going on uh, with your ebook with all of your teaching endeavors and such but I know specifically you had some things that you think might you might be able to share with our listeners in regards to the second year, the that being the clinical year of PA school in regards to mm-hmm. rotations and planning all that out. Um, so I guess yeah. yeah, let's talk about that. So in terms, I guess uh, I, there's a number of things I want to touch on. Obviously, there's only so much you can control and that's an important thing to realize early on. Uh, much of second year is going with the flow and not stressing too much about what's outside of your control. Uh, That being said, with with my program, I had the luck uh, and opportunity to plan a few of my rotations. 
So if your program offers that, I definitely recommend doing that in the state in which you want to practice. Now, for me, being in school in Maine, I was able to set up a few rotations back in Colorado, which um, comes with a number of benefits. One, I was able to live with my wonderful parents during that time. They were nice enough to let me do that, and I could save plenty of money. Oh, yes. But at the same time, it gets you, it starts, uh, or it, it creates the opportunity to start networking while you're in real rotations, which is huge. Oh, yes. I can only imagine. That's that's the goal right there. And how many rotations mm-hmm. do you recall did y'all have in your program? We, yeah, we had eight six-week rotations, oh, okay. one of which was allowed to be an elective. Oh, okay. So what did you choose for your elective? I went back to my roots in orthopedics and actually mm-hmm. uh was rotated with the PA that had turned me on to the uh, profession to begin with. So that was a nice full circle event that occurred. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. Okay. So, okay. So of course we want to control what we can control. And that sounds like you had a pretty good experience with being able to sort of choose. And and like you said, even go with someone that you were familiar with from before. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I I guess uh, that that didn't mean it was super easy. It came with plenty of hiccups and planning and negotiating and all that. And I don't know how common that is. Um, so certainly I don't mean to, I don't, I don't want people get to get discouraged <laughs> if their program doesn't let you to do that. But um, if you can, take advantage of it. For sure. Yeah, I think personally my program, I don't know everything about clinical year yet. They kind of keep us on a need to know basis until we get to mm-hmm. that point. But we'll be starting our clinicals for my cohort in August. And our program is a little longer. So we've got, it's a 30 month program. So we have 16 mm-hmm. months of clinicals with that, including five elective rotations. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do they, are they four weeks or are they six weeks? I think it depends on the rotation. I think some are six and some are only four. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but a lot in store for me for rotations wise. <laughs> yes, indeed. But that's okay. That's that's where the fun is. The, the fun isn't necessarily in the classroom. It's being out and about. So that's yes. that's really exciting. And again, you're going to learn so much during that time. So. Oh, wow. I'm definitely excited for excited. it. Excited. I'm very excited mm-hmm. to get out of just didactic only <laughs> and see real patients. Yeah. You know, I, I miss interacting. We do some standardized patients for our OSCEs and such, but actual seeing real patients would be amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, don't worry. You you have plenty coming, so <laughs> don't rush. Okay, yes. <laughs> and um, what else do you think we should know in regards to our rotations? I know you mention making a good impression networking stuff like that yeah so uh, the next thing I like to bring up is the importance of really making a good impression and you would think that seems obvious but um, say come towards the end of your uh, rotations you're just exhausted you're ready to be done Um, Mm -hmm. but at the same time each each rotation really needs to be treated as a six-week job interview where where you're on your best behavior you're showing up early you're engaging you're interacting you're asking plenty of questions you're dressing the part all these things are super important not necessarily that it'll lead to a job but if anything or if nothing else if you build a great relationship with your preceptor 
This can lead to references. This can lead to job opportunities. This can lead to a lot. So it's really important to be on your A game that whole time. Now we all have our bad days and whatnot, but you you don't want to go into say if you have a psych rotation and you think there's I don't want to go into psych. There's absolutely no way、um, this isn't for me. I don't like this type of medicine. You you cannot have that attitude because who knows if that psych. Preceptor, if they actually like you, they can maybe put you in touch with, say, a primary care practice that they know of is hiring, and that's what you want to go into. So, you never know what will come out of these. So, you really want to be presenting yourself as interested in every rotation you're going to. Oh, that's a good point that you make there. So, definitely make、mm-hmm. sure, no matter what the rotation is, on your best best foot forward. It seems like. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. for your rotations, were you? I guess in regards to dress, were a lot of them more so business casual or scrubs, or what was your experience with that?、Uh, all the office ones were business casual. I remember one of the、uh, primary care offices I was at was actually a concierge practice, so I had to wear a tie every day, which is kind、oh, of funny、wow. in hindsight.、Um, <laughs> but yeah, most of them were business casual. But you just want to make sure you're you're looking nice. And、um, that's not to say you need to go buy a new wardrobe, but you you need to come presentable. And it's e- sometimes it's easy to not do that, so it's just important to point out. <laughs> yes, especially now. I know for like my cohort, we're majority online, so it, it, it we definitely need to remember what it's like to dress. Dress up, so to speak, around other people because usually we're off camera or on Zoom, you know, from the head up in in casual. Totally,、clothes. yeah, that's a that's very unique to you guys, unfortunately. And yeah, you're gonna remember how to iron a shirt or dress again. Yes, because once you're back, you, you you need it. Yes, for sure. And in regards to showing up early, did you have any rotations that were at kind of odd hours or anything like that? Yeah, I did.、Uh, with my ER rotation in particular, I purposely chose to do nights, and that was because that was the only time where there was a seat available for me to sit. Other than that, I couldn't. <laughs> there was nowhere for me to sit, nowhere to me for me to be around. So I chose the night shift one because I could actually like sit down and have a workstation. But two, that's where providers. Really have time to interact more with you, and you actually get to see a bunch of great stuff.、Uh, so if you, that was one thing. It was definitely a sacrifice, but it led to much better opportunities to see and interact, and yeah, get to do a lot more procedures, etc. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Good to know. And and I know you said you mentioned that in the night shift you were able to interact more with your preceptors and kind of. Build that relationship. Can you talk more? I guess on the aspect of networking and really just building a core relationship with your preceptor. Yeah, I mean, part of the PA profession and even just medicine profession is you. You have to be able to get people to like you.、Mm-hmm. Um, that's your patients, right? If if they are much more satisfied if they have a likable practitioner,、uh, mm-hmm. they're much less likely to sue you if they like you.、Um, <laughs> These are important things. You you want to ha- you want to be likable, and the same goes for your preceptors. So it's a really great practice in this, where you are probably going to be pretty meek and scared your first rotation, but by the end you should be able to really walk in and essentially sh- schmooze the office, schmooze your preceptor, be just a likable go getter, and that is going to lead to opportunities. So I I was able to say. 
give the number of my preceptor, have them in my phone, ask them for references down the line. And so you really want to plan ahead for that. You you don't want to get to the end of your schooling and say, oh, shoot, my preceptor on my fourth rotation, I really liked, or I think they really liked me. Let me work hard to all of a sudden go reach back and get in touch with them. You, you want to have a relationship already established where you already have their number. You let them know that, hey, I may be reaching out to you in the future, etc. So these are connections that can really serve you well and lead to plenty of job opportunities. Oh, yeah, that would be definitely very beneficial and good to note. So that way you're not playing catch up, so to speak. And, and yeah, and even during your rotation, it can lead to a lot like say with my surgery rotation, my preceptor actually pre- kind of scared me. So I but I just <laughs> tried to be really kind of, I tried to be the funny guy around her, but at the same time, be very um, on my game. Uh-huh. And because of that, she she threw me into surgeries that other students were not getting the opportunities to do. Oh. Uh, so it led to it, it led to some really great opportunities. So again, just being likable will get you a long way. Okay, so trying to not be so timid and just let your true personality shine, I guess your your positive points stand out. Yeah, yeah, you cannot be timid in these things. You'll just you'll be forgotten. Okay. And it's okay to have one or two um, rotations where that happens, and especially in the beginning. But you really need to put yourself out there. Never be the you, you always want to be the person saying yes, I'll do this. Yes, yes, yes. You never want to say no. And I'll uh, bring remind me to bring up a story of that at the end. <laughs> okay, <laughs> funny stories at the end. Yes. So yeah. okay, so it's good to just go with it, say yes, and of course be likable on all your rotations mm-hmm. and then i know oh, all... oh yes yes i was gonna say e- easier said than done with being <laughs> likable but certainly it's, it's an art that you get to practice for all your rotations right we'd all like to think we're we're, we're just likable all the time but of course mm-hmm. <laughs> by mm-hmm. all people but in reality of course you like you said <laughs> easier said than done but yep, yeah yeah well, I'll have a full 16 months, so hopefully I will be likable by the end of, the, the oh, end of that process. <laughs> oh, wow. And so speaking of like the entirety of rotations, um, I know you mentioned kind of creating a, a clinical summary would be beneficial. Can you mention more about that? Yeah. So when you finish school, you're at the top of your resume often goes your education right that's your claim to fame at this point you you haven't really done anything else you have your patient care experience or whatever you had before school but at this point you don't have any experience to speak of speak of excuse me you're the new grad you're the you're the terrifying new grad that everyone's hesitant to hire so you really want to sell each of your rotations as a job right you're treating it as a job interview so you might as well sell it like a job and so what i did is after each rotation i created what's called a clinical summary so that was like a little blurb of everything i did during that rotation that was written like it would be on a resume right lots of action verbs lots of things you did uh so let me i'm gonna read you a couple from mine so say this is my 
family practice rotate one of my family practice rotations so okay. it's managed patients with multiple complex disease props processes built rapport and established trust with numerous adolescent patients allowing for more complete care of mental health conditions adjusted medications specifically insulin of patients with diabetes conducted conducted full care of patients from history to treatment plans expanded comfort of interpretation of routine lab testing. So again, kind of a blurb, not just like these are the procedures I did. These mm. are what I did, the patients I interacted with. You sometimes you'll put on there this is the EMR I used, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So just kind of broad strokes of what you did. Oh, I like that. I ha I've never even thought like that has not even crossed my mind to do such a thing during clinicals, but that's so beneficial and especially if you do it, like you said, like throughout the rotations after each one, then when you're graduating and you're not having to go back and remember, oh, which EMR was it for this? And what did I do in this rotation exactly? It's more fresh in your mind and you can, uh, you know, properly mm -hmm. articulate mm -hmm. that on paper. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Right when it's fresh, every, every time I would finish one of these up i just set a set i don't know 15 minutes aside to crank out a few sentences that's saying saying what i did but that will uh, really help you at the end to say well sure i don't have any job experience but here's everything i did during my rotations here's the year plus of experience i just had as basically a, a student pa but essentially practicing yeah exactly wow that's that's a brilliant idea actually i really like that and i'm sure that was personally beneficial for you in your first job search there yeah yeah i don't know how many people actually read it but it it certainly bulked up my resume a very fair bit <laughs> uh the other thing i did in there was we had access to evaluations so if i had a good evaluation i'd throw that in there as well and just so they can say, oh, okay, well, this physician you were with, he said these really nice things. And so, yeah, I put that in there. And so it's, it goes to show that I didn't just do things there that, hey, I, I, I actually had a great evaluation as well. Oh, wow. Well, that's, that is great. There. I really like that. And I'm something that I'm going to utilize myself, uh, I think, definitely at the end of mine. But in regards to preparing, I know the big pants of course that we all have to take do you have any advice there in regards to preparing for the national certification exam right that's that's the only focus of this whole thing you went through all the school just to pass this one exam uh, but unfortunately you do need to pass it and the trick for that is practice questions you don't need to go back and read your textbooks you don't need to do do this out of the other you just need to do as many practice questions as you can and i think that is the best thing for your buck way to study and so that wasn't something that hey they always say like take a couple weeks off after you graduate study hard for the pants and that's that uh, you could try that way but that's not a recipe for success the recipe is starting this early so as early as i think it was my second rotation i was already um cranking through questions as quick as i could i went through one question bank and then i bought another and then i think i i bought ended up buying four and I actually was, I learned this from one of my friends who was in the medical school program at mine, and he was in a DO program. And a lot of times they have a harder time getting uh, MD residencies. And so he was like, I really need to do well on this exam. And I think he scored in like the top 1% 
It's literally all he did was questions all the time. And I was like, oh, okay, well, worked for him. Let me try that. And same thing, I didn't, I, I scored very well. And that's not to say I'm the smartest person. It just shows that, hey, this is how you study for this exam. Yeah, that's, that seems like the best way to go about it. I know when I was preparing for the GRE, they said, you know, practice is key. Just take as many practice exams, get acclimated to the type of questions and things like that so it seems like that's the key here as well Mm -hmm. yeah no not only that it's also uh an endurance thing right you don't want to just do five questions and then take a break you want to you want to do a hundred in a row and really kind of uh train for the test if you will you want to have that endurance to keep your mind pretty fresh the whole time Yes, yes. That's another big thing about the, the pants is it's only, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but one minute per question, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you, when you do that for, how long is the entire exam? Is it five hours? or? Uh, it's it's somewhere 300 around. questions. I think oh, it was wow. uh, five 60-minute uh, in- increments. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. So yeah, that having that stamina built up would definitely help because I know even just in PA school, they try to, at least in our program, they've slowly worked us down to one minute per question this semester. And and just even that transition from going from a minute and 30 or yeah, a minute and 30 seconds to down to a minute this year was it it did make a difference in the very beginning and I did kind of feel that you're like oh it's only 30 seconds but that once you get only a minute for per question it it can kind of frazzle you up in the beginning but you build up that stamina and I still have to build up my own stamina when it comes to going for longer stretches of time because I know our our exams are usually only about 50 questions so that's about the longest that we go in a sitting Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you, you have plenty of time, but that they're doing everything right. They're they're training you to get ready for this exam. So, yeah, so that's perfect. Building that muscle, so to speak. Yep. And yep, exactly. And you said that um, some of the programs that you used were like Rosh and Smarty Pants, stuff like that. Yep. Yep. Uh, so Rosh was definitely my favorite, and continues to be. I've seen a couple other ones come around. I know that the NCCPA puts out its own practice exams now, which I'm sure are great. Those weren't around when I was taking the test. So Mm. I think Rosh uh, continues to be at the top of the game. Okay, nice. Because I know, yeah, that's what some of the other people have told me is that if you subscribe to something like that, it's very helpful. And did you use, I have another big one I've heard of is, you know, Pants Prep Pearls. Did you utilize that at all? I think I had that book, but I didn't use their exam questions. Oh, okay. um, but frankly, I mean, they're all great. They're all catering towards the same thing. And the, the important thing is getting through as many of them as you can, just that constant repetition. Yes. So thankfully we have, we have options nowadays and so there's no excuse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to get mm-hmm. that practice exactly. in. Okay. So that's definitely helpful to, like we said, benefit from all of that preparation for the pants. And I know more logistically speaking during our second year, you mentioned maybe that we might want to try to live simply, not divulge too much. Can you kind of talk on that subject a little bit as well? 
Yeah, I mean, certainly every program is different, what their second year looks like, and that's based on the relationships they have with previous clinical preceptors, etc. But for me, the trick was to really get used to the chaos. Uh, I basically lived out of my four-door sedan driving across northern Maine, including during the winter. And you just had to kind of control, like I said in the beginning, control what you can control. and. Yeah. Don't get too beat up by the rest of it. Uh, that being said, it's also important not to use the craziness of that year to, uh, as an excuse for extravagance. Um, you're basically living on loans, right? So you don't want to, every dollar you spend, it comes with at least a 7% interest rate. Oh, and yes. that all adds up quick. <laughs> so you want to be, you want to be smart. You want to be minimalist. You want to, you want to do what you can to minimize. Oh, definitely. And I'm, yeah, I'm even learning that now, even just in didactic, I'm like, oh, okay. It's not like, you know, when I was working a full-time job and had full-time income coming in, it's, it's quite mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. adjustment. So definitely want to Yeah, it's easy to kind of brush that under the rug and not want to think about it. But however, like for me, I remember getting a check at the beginning of each semester and you think, oh, sweet, I have all this much, <laughs> I have this much money to spend. And it's like, no, 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 that's, just because you have access to it, you don't want to spend all that money. So you, you want to do what you can to give back whatever you don't need. And um, yes. yeah, just don't don't go overboard. No fancy trips. Save that <laughs> for later on. Yes, we'll have plenty of time for that after we're long practicing PAs who have budgeted well and invested and all of that, I'm sure. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Your time will come. Yes, yes. Okay, so definitely keep that in mind. Live simply. Keep it low-key. You will thank yourself later when graduation comes and it's time to start making those loan payments back. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, okay. exactly. All right. Well, in regards to the second year and clinicals, is there anything else that you think we need to know when it comes down to that, especially since, like you said, you are a preceptor now? So any tips? I guess now that you, you've seen both sides of the coin, yeah, I, I mean, I the the key is really again just being engaging. If I have a student that really doesn't seem interested, that says they don't want to go into this specialty, that kind of doesn't ask questions, doesn't want to learn, mm-hmm. it doesn't make me want to teach them, right? So they're gonna True. they're gonna lose out on things. Whereas if I have a student that's asking questions, making me think, is engaged, I'm going to give a lot more to them because they're they're going to utilize it. They're they're lapping it up, for lack of a better term. So mm. really just show your preceptor that that's who you are. Um, and then I, I did want to bring up this story, this whole never say no thing. Oh, yes. Uh, it, Tell it was us about kind that. of a st- serendipitous event. So I was doing that ER rotation in northern Maine, a place called Bangor. Wow, which never is, heard of again, it. Which is, again, like maybe... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No one's ever heard of it, <laughs> but it's way up there. And so it was, it, it was an ER rotation where I was with this doctor, French last name, super nice guy. I've been practicing for a long time, but at that point I had already planned to accept the job as a hospitalist position. Uh, I didn't end up taking it, but that's a story for a different day. <laughs> but this doctor expected that. And so we'd be doing things and he, I remember we had this complex facial laceration and he's like, oh, you don't, you don't need to do this. I know you won't, you're going into hospital, so you won't. 
you won't really be doing this much. And I was like, no, 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 this is, this is a great opportunity. I would love to do this. And he's like, oh, okay. And so he let me do this facial laceration. Well, come, I start my, I do a year in the ENT, uh, make the switch to ER and I'm working in Colorado Springs. And lo and behold, I'm working with this doctor with the same French last name. And I go, you wouldn't happen to be from Maine, would you? And he goes, oh yeah. That's my dad. And I said, well, wow. he's my preceptor. So go figure. Oh, and that wow. bought me instant, uh, one, good karma, but two, trust with yeah. this young physician because he knows, oh, yeah, well, he was trained partially by my dad. So he must know one or two things. So he yeah. he and I immediately had a bond. And it just goes to show you that, like, if I would have been disinterested, not really wouldn't have been into that rotation, uh, who knows? I mean, I, I would have lost out on opportunity, but it, I tried really hard. I got a great recommendation from the doc and he passed that along to his son that, oh, yeah, yeah this guy knows what he's doing. So just kind of a serendipitous event. Wow. You've got to love serendipity, especially when it comes out like that. That's mm-hmm, amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, what are the odds, really? Exactly. Northern <laughs> Maine to Colorado Springs. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> Wow. So that's very great. Okay. So yes, definitely. We want to make sure if not for the other reasons, but Hey, at the end of the day, serendipity might come calling and you want to have that good karma on your side. That's exactly, exactly. That's a very powerful story. I'm very, I'm very shocked by that, but that's amazing that it was able to come full circle and help you out. Even when you didn't even think that it would originally. So, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. are there, I know in regards to your ebook, like we said, next steps, uh, can you tell us more about that kind of, uh, and how we can go about, you know, getting, get reading that for ourselves? Yeah. So the book is really designed to be a guide for you. The minute you're handed your diploma, right? You haven't passed the pants yet. So it does touch on how, like what we talked about with the best way to prepare for the pants but then it goes into everything from credentialing to job hunting to choosing a specialty to learning a contract to maximizing that contract etc etc so it's really a kind of deep dive into the first year of PA practice and with that it it comes uh, with an additional narrative format to just kind of show what it's like from a first-hand perspective not not me but um and actually a friend of mine i was written with her in mind so it, oh. it it covers all this and much more and it's really meant to be a great guide for everything i didn't have when i was in pa school and you can find me at uh everything's uh pa next step so physician assistant ne- next step is the full name but uh pa next and then i'm on the same handle at instagram and facebook Um, And then additionally, I did want to say that I'm currently working on a second uh, book called The PA Blueprint, and that's going to be co-written with another guy, Shane Foley, who is actually a professor of mine at University of New England. And so, yeah, it it goes to show you that, hey, him and I formed a relationship. I, I networked with him during school. I showed that I was interested. And we developed a friendship and then kind of out of nowhere, this bloomed into a co-written book that is much more about how to design your ideal career and hack the PA profession. And that has, that's looking at things more from like one year of practice plus and how to maximize all that. So uh, it goes to show you that you'll never know what relationships 
will form in the future. So be nice, uh, work with as many people as you can and make sure to be memorable. Wow, that's that's very exciting to think about and something that I definitely will take away from this. And I know I will be getting my hands on <laughs> the next steps and then whenever the blueprint does come out as well because that's definitely something that is, is necessary right now that nobody else is really producing at this moment that could help so many new grads. Yeah, yeah, it's really kind of a niche thing that we've figured out both out of frustration and experience that, hey, there's no, there's nothing, there, there's not a whole lot out there of, hey, you passed your pants, great job, here's actually about the profession, it's, oh, here's how to, here's how to continue your certifications, here's how to pass, here's how to be a pants, and a lot, there's a lot of focus on pre-PA stuff, but there's nothing for the actual PA, so this is the perfect time for you and your listeners to start learning about this as you prepare to start your career. So yeah, definitely head over to panextsteps.com and get your copy. Oh, perfect. Well, thank you for sharing all of this with us, not only the PA Next Steps, but all of this wealth of knowledge that you've created and formed over these years as a PA student and now a practicing PA. I know I personally feel like I've benefited just from our conversation and I'm sure that all of the listeners will feel the same as well hey well that's much appreciated and i really appreciate your time ariel uh that was super enjoyable so thanks to you and your listeners oh thank you and thanks for giving back to the pa community for sure all right everyone i hope you enjoyed that episode with Jordan Fisher as much as I enjoyed talking to him and learning from him today. So once again, don't forget to utilize the code EARLYADOPTER20 for 20% off of your copy of the ebook PA Next Steps and to be on the lookout for the PA Blueprint coming out soon and to follow along Jordan on Instagram and Facebook at PA Next Steps. We'll have plenty more exciting episodes coming up for you all in the future. But until then, stay safe, stay positive. I'm Ariel, and this is Becoming a PA Physician Assistant. Until next time, bye guys.